0: History Salem, a podcast that tells the stories of Salem's dynamic and incredibly diverse history and the people who made those stories meaningful. I'm your host, Rebecca, licensed Salem City Tour Guide. In a podcast about the history of a place long known as the Witch City, you may wonder why I chose to talk about codfish in this first episode. Let me explain. Before I became a historian, I was trained as a biologist, and more specifically, a biologist who studies aquatic ecosystems. So long before I came to make Salem my home, I was fascinated by how humans interact with their natural environment. And as it turns out, the Salem that was founded in 1626 by Puritan colonizers from England may not have even made it to 1692, when the witch trials happened, if it weren't for its rich natural environment. That includes, believe it or not, the codfish, or as it's come to be known in the Massachusetts State House, the sacred cod. That's right, John Winthrop's City on a Hill was at least partially built on cod. When John Winthrop and hundreds of other Puritans arrived in Salem in 1630, they were fleeing the Church of England. They had crossed an entire ocean to find a place where they could form a religious utopian society where humans would finally live in right relationship with God. They also happened to be arriving on a coast with some of the biggest and most numerous edible fish in the world. Atlantic cod, scientific name Gadus Morua, exists in different places around the world where warm ocean currents meet the cold ones. In the 1630s, the cod off the coast of Massachusetts were large. They were relatively easy to catch and could be fished both in the summer and in the winter. The huge Georges Bank is right off the coast of Massachusetts. You can think of it as the shallow edge of North American continent before the ground drops off into the deep waters of the ocean. Banks, like the Georges, are home to many small ocean-dwelling creatures, including algae, zooplankton, and small fish, and this is a great place for cod to eat and grow nice and big. Cod was an important food to the Puritans as they got their community started, because they were not all expert farmers, and they needed to eat. Sailors had been drying and preserving cod for years to keep as food aboard ship that wouldn't spoil. And this salt cod is what the growing town of Salem eventually produced quite a lot of. In 1636, Salem's minister, Roger Williams, was banished from Massachusetts Bay Colony for teaching heresy. As a side note, keep in mind that the Puritans were not advocates of religious freedom per se. They may have come to Salem to protect their own freedom, but opposing religious views were not supported by them. As has so often been the case, a utopia for one group of people easily becomes a dystopia for others. But I digress. Back to the cod. So after Williams left for what would become Rhode Island, Hugh Peter became the minister at Salem's First Church, and he immediately saw that the community needed a more reliable source of food and also of profit. He took it upon himself to organize the fishing industry. He and the fishermen built a salt works, a wharf, and started building more ships. So within only a few years, Salem was actually harvesting, drying, and trading salt cod both near and far. In 1638, the ship Desire returned to Salem after trading salt cod and timber for cotton, tobacco, salt, and enslaved people from the Caribbean. This was the first recorded instance of the importation of enslaved people to the Bay Colony. As the trade in cod grew, Salem became a regular stop on what is now called the Triangular Trade, which ran between New England, Africa's west coast, and the sugar plantations in the West Indies. Salem contributed salt cod, horses, and timber to the sugar plantations, and some of its merchants as a result became quite wealthy. During the 17th century, cod was a major part of Salem's economy and also its main food source whenever the crops failed. In the end, Hugh Peter's neighbors must have credited him, I think, not only with safeguarding their souls, but also their town. In his fantastic book about the history of cod, author Mark Kurlansky notes that in the year 1640 alone, Massachusetts Bay Colony traded 300,000 cod internationally. Kurlansky also writes that, quote, The New England merchants of the cod trade were deeply involved in slavery, not only because they supplied the plantation system, but also because they facilitated the trade in Africans. So, unfortunately, though many in Massachusetts denounced slavery at the time, the cod and the timber trade actually enabled it. By the 18th century, maritime trade was well-established and thriving in Salem, so much so that there was a group of merchants known as the cod aristocracy, and I am not joking. The first time I came across this phrase, I had to smile. I immediately pictured a codfish walking on its tail, wearing a top hat a vest, a cravat, and a monocle, kind of in the style of Mr. Peanut. But just to be clear, that's not what the members of this aristocracy were actually wearing at that point. My mind just jumped ahead to the 19th century a little bit there, but I digress. This Cod aristocracy was the most wealthy and influential among the Salem residents, and they included people such as Benjamin Pickman and Timothy Orne Jr., Pickman actually held power in government, too, as representative to the Massachusetts General Court, and he also helped found the Salem Athenaeum, a private lending library that still exists today. You should check it out online, just as a side note. Pickman was under no illusion as to the source of his influence. He had beautiful carved codfish replicas on every step in the staircase of his Essex Street mansion. As Salem and the rest of Massachusetts Bay Colony approached the American Revolution, many members of the codfish aristocracy found themselves actually falling out of favor because as a group, they tended more toward loyalism to England than revolution. A new generation of patriot merchants gained commercial and government influence, building on the foundation that cod and its human aristocracy had laid here in Salem. Today, Salemites may not have cod in the forefront of their minds, unless they come from fishing or restaurant families, but the legacy of the codfish, and what it built here in Salem and in Massachusetts as a whole, does continue. The sacred cod is still hanging in the Massachusetts State House in Boston today, a lovely 4-foot-11-inch pine carving to memorialize the fish's importance to our history. Traditionally, the COD faces whichever party currently holds the majority in the State House, overseeing the business of the Commonwealth. I personally love the story of COD and its influence on Salem because it's such a clear example of how much we as humans depend on our natural environment. My research over the years has convinced me of the truth that we and our environment are pretty interdependent. As humans, we're just particularly good at pretending that we're not. I hope that you've enjoyed this brief trip into Salem history with me on the back of the sacred cod. I hope that you'll join me in episodes to come as I continue to explore the stories of people, culture, history, and natural environment here in my favorite city, Salem. As they say here in Massachusetts, have a wicked good day. interested, the resources that I consulted for this episode are Cod, a biography of the fish that changed the world by Mark Kurlansky, Penguin Books, 1997. Maritime Salem in the Age of Sail, the National Park Service, handbook number 126, published in 1987. New England Historical Society website, The Shocking Theft of the Sacred Cod, updated in 2020. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dynamic History Salem.